The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. As we're talking about what everybody needs, I have to tell you a little bit about myself. We're we're getting to know each other. And... um, I don't know if you like driving. I, I like driving. I, it's, sometimes it's therapeutic. You get, get on the open road, you've got your jam, you're playing your music, and you're just, you're just going. And, and I like driving. But there's an issue sometimes when I'm driving because I'm a multitasker. And so driving after a while gets boring to me. Okay, does anybody, anybody, you, you with me? I, it's just after a while, it's like, okay, this is on, I mean, I got a cruise control for my feet. I'm ready for the George Jetson car to come out where I can just hit a button and it'll drive straight because then I can send an email, I can text, I can do other things. We can multitask this dude. And so when I'm in a conversation with someone in the passenger seat, we start talking and I miss my turn sometimes. Anybody ever miss, like you're in this conversation, and, and, and before I was married, I never missed anything, and I remember that, that on occasion I would have my wife drive, and as she was driving through the city or whatever, she would miss a turn, and I was so, I can't believe you missed a turn. Now, I find myself involved in a conversation, and I'm going around the block like three times, and I'm like, I don't even know where we're going. It's like, I got to set a GPS to go to Walmart, and I live here. Because I need someone constantly talking to me, telling me what, what, way to, what way to go. And it's funny, I've missed turns. I've run red lights. If you're a police officer, that's me. But, uh, and there are times when I'm like, man, I don't even know where I'm going. And I think that a lot of times in our life, um, that happens to us. Where we were set out to go somewhere, when we focused on where we were going, But in the midst of adversity, trials, hardship, life, responsibilities, priorities, we're acting in a way that we really don't want to act. And we're responding in a way that we really don't want to respond. And we know that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to respond like that. I I don't want to present that uh, to other people. And I think that as we're talking about what everybody needs, another thing that we feel like is that everybody needs focus. And from time to time, we see people in the Bible that just needed a little bit of focus and needed to know that, hey, you know what? God still has a plan for you. It's not done yet. You're not over. Even if you missed it, even if you fell short, even if you you did what you knew you shouldn't have done, God still has a plan for your life. And sometimes we need to focus on where we're going, not where we've been. And we feel like at this church, when you walk in, everybody needs focus. Because from time to time, we get off focus. Colossians 3.2 says this, Set your minds on things above, not on things of this earth. Proverbs 4.25-27 through says, Let your eyes, I love this verse, Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Yet let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straightly before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then your ways will be sure. See, a lot of times, and, and, and especially, uh, I'm the kind of personality that 
um, I jump over the fence and figure out what's there after I'm already over. <laughs> you know, some people are methodical and they plan and they strategize and they've taken recon before they jump over the fence. I, you know what I mean? They've got, they bought the drone, they're passing over. That's not me. I just go, oh, there's a dog. Okay, and I, I probably should have brought a staff. I figure it all out as I'm just moving forward. And that's different personalities. But I'll tell you this. Let's face it, we all have overpacked schedules and we have to meet deadlines, we have responsibilities, and we all have our set of problems that come up and arise. And at times, it can, life can get heavy and it can distract us from our real purpose. And it's in those times that focus is needed. We've got to remember what's important. And it, it, it's not about our next deadline, although I understand you have to be efficient. But it's that we live a spirit-led life. That our life is life-giving. And we're in a world where everything is negative. Negative sales. I mean, you can't turn on a TV and it doesn't matter what news station you watch. America is, is in trouble. It's terrible. It's, gonna be, it's, it's, it's worse than it's ever been. It's probably never going to come back. Then you go to your work and, and you, you start working around people. And, and you, I mean, you, you woke up I mean, maybe the bluebird wasn't on your shoulder, but, I mean, you woke up happy. I mean, you woke up ready for the day. Then you started talking to some people, and this person has this issue, and that person has this, and this is mad. they're mad at the boss, and, and they want me to do this, and they haven't even given me the resources I need. And before you know it, you've gone through the whole day, and everybody's negative. And you're just like, I started out the day so strong. And now you're like, I hate my life. I hate my job. Sometimes I hate my marriage. I hate my kids. I hate this car. I hate this car. Now, three years ago, you were praying for a car. You loved the car. You were excited about the car. You had the car. It was washed. It was vacuumed. It looked good. Now we got kids, french fries, and junk all in the car. I hate this car. Stupid car. I hate this car. I never wanted this car. And it's amazing how quick we flip the script and we were once really positive about something and now we're really negative about it. Oh man, I remember dreaming about having kids and then having them. <laughs> and I love my kids. My kids are great, but they're messy. All they, have is, all they do is mess up stuff. They break stuff. They tear up stuff. That's all they do. They're constant takers. My point is that in everything that we do in life, there is a perspective that you can have. And if you go with the perspective of how you feel, sometimes you're going to end up in the wrong destination. You're going to end up at the wrong place. The world loves negativity. Our news outlets are like, if it bleeds, it leads. We want to talk about, and before you know it, we're going to have the wrong mindset. And we're not setting our things, our mind above, we're setting our mind beneath. And we're where we never wanted to be. Come on, we can even think about that when we're sending, listen, a text. We send a phone text 
And then after a while, there's an emotion about it. Like if they don't respond, what happened? What I do? What are they mad? What happened? Are they not mad? What? How rude! They don't. They don't text me back. How insensitive! I know they received it. It said red. I, I mean, it's like how, you're not that busy. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, we have an emotion about. Well, all we did is type in three words, but now it's it's on us and it's. Fine, when you text me, I'm not texting you back. You know, and, and we have these thoughts over a text. And, it, and, I, and I'm using something very simplistic to, to show you how easy it is for your joy to be stolen. How easy it is for the things in your life that were meant to bless you. Your job is a blessing. Your family is a blessing. Your marriage is a blessing. Your kids are a blessing. Come on, the car that you drive, you ain't walking. It's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? What you have in your life is a blessing. But if we look at all of the things that God has given us in a negative perspective, we will never be where we want. And ultimately, we have a bunch of people in this world not happy. not happy and so you know what I thought I was gonna make me happy in this marriage but you didn't make me happy so I'm gonna get another I thought this kid was gonna make me happy but you didn't so boarding school <laughs> I thought this house was gonna make me happy but instead it's just put me in bankruptcy I thought and, and, and I can think what I want us to see as a church as a body is that we gotta we need focus we need to focus on on the priorities that will really take us where we want to go turn with me to first kings and we're going to spend the, the rest of our time here in this um in this book here first kings chapter 19 first kings chapter 19 and we're going to read about elijah and and i want to give you just a little background on elijah is a man of god he's a prophet and he has had some real just God moments. And he's in an altercation. He's in a fight with this uh, woman named Jezebel. And Jezebel is just, a, she's, a, she's a bad chick. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, she uh, loves false gods. She's manipulative. She, she tricked people out of their land. She has all but wanted to stop the movement of God. And now... Because Elijah just had a throwdown. And um, I love 1 Kings 18 and 19 because it's like the first half and the second half of a football game. Okay? And I don't know if you have any football fans, but, but for me, if you do life with us, you'll realize that I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Do not boo me. Okay? But I am a Dallas Cowboy fan. I like the Cowboys. I've loved the Cowboys. You know, wise men follow the star. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, but, but I'm a, I'm, I am a, I'm, I'm a Cowboy fan. And so um, chapter 18 and 19 reminds me a lot of uh, Cowboy Seasons. Because we start off halfway good, and then the third quarter comes in and we fall apart. Okay? And so here is Elijah. He has just called fire down from heaven. He's killed 450 uh, evil uh, prophets of Baal. Dude's just had a miraculous, it's like Tony Romo throwing it to Dez in the end zone. God, you know what I'm saying? I'm up in my living room. Me and my son are chest bumping. It's like life couldn't be better. And then the third quarter. Everything that we did in the first half is erased. 
They're now up by 21 points. We're probably going to lose the game. You know what it is, Cowboy fan, if it, you know. And, and, and so here's where we're at in this, in this story. Look at 19 verse 2, and it says, Jezebel sent a message to Eliza, Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more so, if I do not take your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. In other words, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. I'm coming. I'm coming with the thunder. I'm coming with all of my assets. I'm, we're going, I'm going to take you out tomorrow. And so Elijah has just come from God moving, things happening, calling fire down from heaven, and now he gets a note. Jezebel sends this dude a text and says, I'm coming for you, you're dying tomorrow. And he flips out. He flips out, and look at this, verse 3. Then he was afraid, and he rose and ran for his life, and came to Bresheba, uh, uh, <laughs> which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked, and then he said, I might die. What? I'm going to die. Saying, it, it's enough. Now, O Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. And he laid down and he slept under the broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. I want to walk through this and I want to pull out a couple of concepts that I want you to see. When we're talking about everyone needs focus. You know, in our life... It's very easy, and we talked about negativity, and we talked about problems, and it's amazing that every responsibility or new thing that God adds to us is something that we need, then need to manage. I wanted a car, but now i got to change the oil. You know, I wanted a car, but now i got to change the tires. And God, it would be so awesome if you could just anoint my car where I never had to change the tread and I never had to do an oil change and everything that you gave me, there was never any maintenance on. But everything that God gives you requires there to be a certain amount of stewardship. Any revelation he gives you will be stewarded. Any open door he gives you will be stewarded. Any new opportunity will be stewarded. And so if we're praying for God to do something, then you need to also be praying for the strength to do it after he's given it to you. Elijah was feeling good when the fire was coming down from heaven and, and everybody thought, man, this dude is on point and man, things are happening and man, he was chest bumping and laughing. The Bible talks about, if you'll read uh, 18, he was laughing and having a good time. God was showing out and then 19, he's asking God, kill me. I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to retire. I'm pink slip. You know what I'm saying? I'm done. Uh, wrap it up. I'm, I'm over. And maybe you felt that way from time to time in your life when things have happened and you're like, okay, if this is life going to take me, you know what I'm saying? Okay, it's a, right, it's, it's a right term, but if I left into that tree, I can just go to heaven right now. You know, maybe there's been times in your life when you're like, hey, this is not what I signed up for. And can I tell you this? I want to give you 
four thoughts that'll bring focus back. You know, there's a song that talks about bringing sexy back. <laughs> I think for us as believers, it'd be better if we brought focus back. <laughs> and so in that, I think the first point that I want to give you from this text is this, is that you've got to remember God's goodness. emotionally driven that when we don't feel good we act like life isn't good but can I tell you this that God is good and God has been good and if you are here you may not have the life you dreamed about but you have enough to be in a success when I, you are capable you are intelligent there are things that you have you have opportunity and so what I want to encourage you is that for you to look over your life there was a reason in the Old Testament that God told his people to Carve this day on a stone to build stone and build a reminder of us crossing through the Jordan because we as people are so forward looking, we forget at what all the things that God's done. Come on, it wasn't that long ago that you were praying to get married. It wasn't that long ago you were praying for a girlfriend. It wasn't that long ago that you were praying for a job. God, if you'll just give me a job, you know what I'm saying, where I can, I can move past McDonald's and I can get some real money, you know, some meat money, if I can really do something. You know, it wasn't that long ago, God, just give me a house. If I can just get a house, God, I'm tired of this apartment. I'm tired of, if I could just get a house. And for every prayer and every petition, there were those moments when God came through and he saw, you saw that he was faithful. Where that person came up to you and spoke a word over your life or encouraged you or come on, has anybody ever been blessed and, and God, God, all of a sudden, you don't know where this money came from, but it just came and you were like, oh, somebody loves me. Come on, we got to remember God's goodness because God has not changed. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the God that was good here will be the God that is good here. And we've got to remember the fact that he is good. He is good. And so sometimes you have to remind yourself, come on, if you're a husband in this place, you have to remind yourself, I chose my wife. I love my wife. My wife is great. She's incredible. She's Because there are moments when... You get frustrated. You got to remind yourself about your kids. I love my kids. My kids are great. My kids are awesome. And when they're all talking at one time, I love the fact that you've given them a voice, God. I, I, I love it. All of my kids can talk. That's, thank you, Jesus. But I know it seems very simplistic. But what I'm trying to get us to see is how quick we focus on the negative and we've got to remember God's good. And my encouragement to you, <clears throat> when you leave here this week, when you leave here, man, God, you're good. God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Yeah. Thank you for this. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for that person. Thank you for that coach in my life. Thank you for that moment. Thank you for that camp. Thank you for that. God, thank you for the things that you've done in my life that have helped frame me and build me into the man that I am today. God, I have not forgotten all of the good things. Come on, somebody, that you have done for me. And God, I will praise you even though the emotional experience has passed. It is still framed up who I am. And God, I will thank you because you're good. The second thing is that will help you bring focus back is you've got to allow times for rest and renewal of your perspective. 
Come on. I am not someone who will naturally rest. I can work all day and then some. I love to multitask and work. I will be up early. I will stay up late. And, and some of you, well, are you a workaholic? I could be. I love it. I love to work. I, I find, you know, that, that I have giftings when I put my hand to something. And I love to work. I love it. But there are times when we get focused on the task and we miss who we're working for. And here was a season in Elijah's life when he was burnt out. He had done ministry. He had, God had shown up. God had done great things. And now, because of a little push and a little opposition, he is now running away from the fight when he used to blow it up. He's running away from the fight. He's running away. This girl sends him a little message and says, I'm going to kill you. And all of a sudden, he's running for the hills. Come on, have you ever been in a situation where you responded wrong and it was just because you were tired? I didn't mean to say it like that. I didn't mean to act that way. I didn't mean to, ah, oh, I wish I could take that back. Come on, sometimes we just get tired. And in those moments, you need to unplug and you need to rest. And we got to make sure that we don't find our security in what we produce. But we find our security in meeting with Jesus and having him be the author and finisher of our faith. Come on, sometimes we need to rest. And you know, what? The, the, the thing I hate to do is to sit down and unplug and, and just be quiet. I like to start itching. <laughs> you know, things start happening. I'm like, this is feeling so weird. I was, ah. But sometimes you just need to rest. Sometimes you need to turn off the Netflix, turn off the schedule, don't go to another meeting, and just sit down and take a moment, put on some worship music, get your Bible out, oh Lord, get out a book, and just start to rest and to refuel. And here's the deal, what I find important in this text is that God doesn't immediately come in and slap Elijah, because if that had been me, if I'd have been God, I'd have been like, what just happened? What's wrong with you are scared of this lady, and I just, do you remember what happened in 18? Now we're in 19. What's wrong with you? But God ministers to him in his rest. He does not say, hurry up and move on. He allows him to sit. He allows him to eat. He allows him to rest. And we are a culture that we value production. We value money. We value advancement, but I am telling you that there are times that there will be conflict that you will not get into if you'll just back off a second and take a moment. Just take a moment. God was allowing Elijah to heal, and sometimes when you rest, you heal. You heal. The third thing is... Elijah, for us to bring focus back, we've got to release all of our anxieties and fears on the Lord. Elijah twice went to God. If you'll continue reading that past what we read, he, he goes to God and he says, hey, I'm done. I'm done. They're coming after me. They're going to kill me. And, 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 and a lot of times when we meet with God, it's not authentic. 
It's, it's more churchy. And so we huh, clap and we, tie, we, we, we give our little money and we, we do our deal. But, but God is looking for an authenticity where you come to me and tell me the real issue. What's really going on? God, I'm scared I'm going to fail. God, I'm scared that, that this may not work out. God, I have this over, I have this heaviness on me that I'm not sure I'm going to do it any better than my dad did it. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to make it fine. I'm not sure that we're going to be able to change my story. And there are real authentic, authenticity. Oh, what am I saying? Uh, authenticity. What? Authentic. Uh, uh, authentic things that you've got to get real with. And because we are not a people who are real, it's one facade after the other. Sometimes we don't know how to be real with God. And when we meet with Him, come on, you're not. You're not around anybody that's going to expose you. God's not going to pull up your skirt. God, God's not going to look at your issue and go, boom, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to post it everywhere. God's not going to take your issue and put it at his Facebook status. He's just going to teach you and heal you and change your perspective. And my encouragement to you is this. Meet with him. Get all that anxiety and all of that fear. Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to achieve this? Am I going to be able to get married? Am I going to be able to not? Am I going to be able to do this? What, whatever it is that is your thing. You know, we have our own. We want to raise godly young people that be, become godly adults. And, and, and we know a lot of pastor's kids. And so the, I want to raise some kids that love the Lord. And there are days that I have to go take that before the Lord. And you'll have to take stuff too. And Elijah was not scared about going to his God. And if you want to keep your focus on things that really matter, you're going to have to have a dump station where you don't dump on your wife where you don't dump on your relationship, where you don't dump on your boss, where you don't dump on your best friend, where you're constantly not dumping on everybody. And I'm not talking about friends and, and relationships and community. You're all great as a support. Yeah. But God would rather you come to him. Yeah. Tell me what's up. Okay. Let's, let's handle this. Let's get that fear out. Because as soon as you tell me the issue, I can start bringing you in the answer. As soon as you start telling me what's going on in your heart, then I can start fixing it. Listen, unload whatever it is with your mate, your kids, your boss, your friends, your parents. Come on, we, we pick so many things to unload on. Get mad and post it all over Facebook. What? What? Listen, God has a plan for you. And his plan is for you to stay focused. The fourth thing that I want to talk about is you've got to be able to receive clarity of purpose. Now check this out. Here is Elijah. He is wrecked. He's got nothing left. God sends an angel to touch him. He goes through the process of telling God his problems. And God responds later on in this chapter, with why are you here? And then immediately gives him responsibility. He doesn't say, oh, man, 
Eli, bro, I understand it's hard, it's been tough. You know what I'm saying? You ran over here. That, I mean, that was tough. And then you outran a chariot. Man, I understand what's going on. You, your legs may be a little tired. You may have some cramping. You know what? Why don't you take a couple months off? God doesn't do that. Because here's what we know. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. And the, what that means is if you're not pushing forward in a godly purpose, then you are wandering. And God knew that the, that, that the focus that Elijah needed was to put his hand back into ministry. And it's amazing. I don't know if you've ever mentored anybody. I just got done coaching uh, a fifth grade basketball team. And trying to get fifth grade boys to listen and actually do a layup, I was praying and fasting. <laughs> praying and fasting. But here's what I want to tell you, is if you'll go down and look, when God says, Elijah, go, Elijah, he tells Elijah, I want you to go mentor somebody, and I want you to go find another guy, and I want you to pour everything that you've learned into him. That ain't a break. This guy asking you all these questions. Okay, so how do you do this? How do you do that? You have a cloak. How come, how come the water parted? How come that didn't part? What do you do? So is it like this? Is it like when you throw it in like this? Is it, is it overhand or is it under? How do you do that? My, my, my point is that God gave Elijah a lot of responsibility. And here's the thing. If your focus is about you and your career and your life, in your marriage, it will never be enough. But if your focus is about the kingdom of God, then you'll be able to do all the other things that you want to do because the Bible says that if you seek me first, if you seek my kingdom, all of these other things, come on somebody, will be added unto you. If you seek to build your own empire, it will never be enough. And the Bible talks about that you'll have to protect it. But if you build God's kingdom, and I don't know what that looks like. For you, that may be look like coming and helping serve on the dream team. That may be helping us in worship. That may be coming and leading a Bible study. That may be coming and, and doing, I don't know. It may, it, it may be something big and administrative, or it may be something small, like greet someone who walks in the door. But I'm telling you that a kingdom perspective brings everything else into line. Because at the end of the day, am I what my career says I am? Am I what my degree says I am? Am I what my wife says I am? Or am I trying to produce something that's greater than me? Yes. Greater than me. Yes. And my encouragement to you is this. Receive clarity of purpose. Purpose isn't heavy. For some of you, your purpose is to be the best husband you can be, to be the best provider you can be, to be the best dad you can be, to be the best mom you can be, to be the best employer or employee that you can be. But we got to maintain our focus. Yeah. And if you're here today, and maybe your focus has been on the wrong thing, your focus has been on the boss who stabbed you in the back, your focus has been on the, the, the employee that lied the focus has been on your ex. All I can tell you is this. If you'll let all that go, clarity will come into your life. 
Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.